This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's time to talk a little NFL football. Uh, let's get out to the zone. Uh, zone phone, of course, he's co-host of the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, he is Matt Williamson with us here on the Big Show. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm great. How's it going? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, you've been telling Good. us for a few weeks now, uh, and you cover the Steelers closely, that Pittsburgh might not be quite as good as their record may <laughs> indicate. And then, lo and behold, I never thought that they would lose to Washington. No, I, I didn't see that coming either. Um, a couple things. I mean, they, they have some holes. They, they don't run the ball particularly well. And I'm not making excuses for my hometown team, but that second half last night, I really thought they looked like a weary team that had played three games in 12 days. They were dealing with some injuries, uh, a lot of scheduling changes the last couple weeks, operating on five days rest against a team that was playing on 14 days rest. You know, Washington was a much better team in the second half, and they just looked like they had a lot more in the tank. How does a city like Pittsburgh react when when the Steelers lose like that? I, I'm curious to know. I bet it would amaze some of your listeners because they are 11 and one, and it feels like the sky is falling in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Fire them all. Get rid of Randy Feekner. They 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 got to go back to running the ball. Where's Jerome Bettis? I mean, it's 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 a little embarrassing because so many fan bases out there, Detroit, Cleveland, Jacksonville, on and on and on, would kill to have a 10-11 win season. And around here with all the rings and trophies and success this team's had, and I'm 48 years old and I've seen three head coaches in my life, that it's the standard is amazingly high. And that's true for the organization, too. I mean, the coach and the ownership and all that, they expect to win the division every year. And when they stumble at all, people react very harshly. It's pretty crazy. Man, I wonder, Jake, I just thought of this, but uh, somewhere are the Miami Dolphins, the 72 Dolphins, are they all getting together to uh, for to toast? I think so. To, it's, yeah. yeah. I think the so. Loss. I think uh, – I saw Zonka on Twitter was was doing that last night. He was having a drink on Twitter and cracking the champagne and all that. I think it's that time. Yep. So now who is the favorite to win the NFC East? Wow. (laughs) It's a little bit respectable now. I mean, I really give Washington and especially the Giants credit for getting better. And I'm going to say the Giants – I think Joe Judge, you know, people kind of laughed at him when he took the job and did some weird things in training camp, and he's just another Belichick disciple. But, I mean, he's a first-year head coach that was taking on a team with a second-year quarterback and lost the foundation of their offense in Saquon Barkley in the first game, didn't have a preseason, didn't have normal training camp, and now he's starting to put his stamp on that team, and they're physical and they're hard to play against. All right, Matt. So are you surprised by – well, let me just say this way. 
Philadelphia quarterbacks. First of all, do you think that Carson Wentz is not? Are you surprised at, at the way it's gone for him? And do you think Jalen Hurts is the answer? Um, I feel strongly about both. I'm very surprised how it has gone for Wentz. I've been a very big Carson Wentz believer. And I think people forget, I mean, the second half of last year with no receivers, uh, he was very, very good. And it didn't show up in wins and stuff all the time, but he had nothing around him. So I thought he was going to be a star. And frankly, if I were, you know, another team, I would throw an offer to the Eagles this offseason and try to reconstruct them. I was not a Hurts believer at all coming out of college, though. I mean, he holds the ball really long. I don't think he's particularly accurate. I would not have made this move if, if I was Philly. I would look to try to get Wentz back on track and fix the guy we had and then maybe open the competition up in camp next year. But, man, it has been really bad. I mean, it's been an unwatchable offense. Wentz is to blame. The blocking's to blame. The coaches are to blame. It's miserable. Just to kind of further this conversation a little bit, Matt, isn't his contract such that they pretty much can't cut him, too? I mean, isn't the cap hit just so brutal? I mean, that's why I guess I don't understand this move right now because the season is not going well, and you really can't move off this guy. So why would they make that change? It's just confusing to me. Right. I'm in the car, so I'm not exactly sure, but I'm almost positive that they basically have to – they can't cut him this year, that he's going to be – on the team next year, they could trade him, you know, but they would have to take a, a big cap, you know, cut in that process. So uh, to your point, and I 100% agree, I mean, I think you have to fix the problem you have as opposed to, you know, looking to the future without the guy. And maybe this is a short-term thing with Jalen Hurst just to see where he's at. And maybe it'll do Carson Wentz some good to sit him on the bench or, hey, I've been a part of organizations. Maybe there's more injuries to Wentz than we know, and he he's, he's got a really sore knee or ankle or something that we don't know about, and a couple weeks off will help him. Who knows? But um, I don't understand this move. I would stick with our guy and try to get him right. What do you make of the Alex Smith story? It's awesome. I mean, I'm very much rooting for him. Um, I think it's a phenomenal story. But I think he's still (laughs) – this sounds bad, but, I mean, he came out of school the year that I was with the Browns. and We had the third pick in the draft. He went first that year. We took Braylon Edwards. He was already off the board. But I had watched him a lot, obviously, in college and wrote reports on him. And little nugget, the Browns actually liked Aaron Rodgers more than Alex Smith that year, but didn't take him. Um, I've never been a big fan of his game. I, I think he's incredibly conservative. And even yesterday, I mean, so many of his passes were just horizontal throws to running backs. He's an efficient, solid NFL starter. And I root for him and an amazing story that he came back from. But I think he's a stopgap guy in terms of just football. How about that, Gordon? That's why we have Matt on the show, a little nugget. The Browns like uh, Rogers more than Alex. Well, that's a big deal, Matt, to our listeners, because obviously Alex Smith, uh, a Utah graduate, and yeah. uh, people were interested to see how he would do. And, I, I, you know, as far as a quarterback and what he's got left in the tank and all that sort of thing, you know, I, I don't know. I just 
after seeing what happened to him and the severity of that injury, it's it's just kind of a feel good no matter what happens next. I I think he's extremely easy to root for without question and would be a great influence on any team for sure. Matt, thank you very much as always. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. That's our friend Matt Williamson. Uh, check out his podcast, uh, Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Network. I and really like. I really like Matt. Man, he's, yeah, he's good. He's really good. He is. He's 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 got that strong football background, and he is not shy about his opinions at all. Love it. I mean, when you're knowledgeable and you're you're unafraid to to state your opinions, whether whether anybody agrees with them or not, it's uh, it's fun to listen to. It is interesting that uh, San Francisco happened to like Alex Smith just a little bit more than Aaron Rodgers, and then Aaron slides all the way to, what was it, 20, 22? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And, of course, the Niners uh, got a good look at Aaron Rodgers in college. And still missed. And and still still missed, yeah. it's. uh, I mean, not that Alex has had a bad career. I know there are a lot of Alex Smith fans around here. But certainly, compared to Aaron Rodgers, you'd call that a miss. Right, obviously. Well, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. Uh, are the Giants the the best bad team in football? They've looked a lot better. I mean, yeah. I I think that that coach, that new coach, knows what he's doing. Uh, it looks like they made a good decision on quarterback last year in the draft. I mean, uh, maybe that could be a franchise headed in the headed in the right direction. Although, I mean, that division is so bad. That's pretty amazing that we're talking about the, the Giants possibly being the best team in that division. But, you know, the, the and I can't remember who I heard talking about this earlier today, but uh, the interesting thing is you look at Washington and you look at New York, and their books are, are very clean. They've got very, you know, they're not overpaying anybody. I mean, obviously they're rebuilding teams. But then you look at the Cowboys that are in worse shape than those two franchises right now, and the Cowboys owe everybody everything. I mean, their, their <laughs> books are so jammed up that, that they can't do anything for the next decade. And they're still debating whether or not to pay Dak Prescott $39 million, which I think was would be crazy. But, I mean, uh, it's not looking good for Dallas in the near future. And those teams, you know, they're going to have the ability to add, you know, uh, young players, but they can go out and sign some guys too. Are you surprised, Jake, at the Miami Dolphins? Um. No, because I think, once again, I think they found a good coach. A good coach. Yeah. And man, that defense, that defense is pretty darn good. See, compare, Miami's a, an interesting test case because you look at, at uh, talk about a franchise with potential. I mean, who wouldn't want to go play in Miami, right? And uh, They've got a really good, dedicated fan base, even though they haven't won a ton. And uh, and you you have the results under Adam Gase, which is just continue to be a disaster. And then you hire a, a good coach that has a good plan and goes in and, and starts to turn things around. It's amazing how um, you know much impact a decision like that can make. Not that it'll put a team into Super Bowl contention, but you can go from really bad to building by simply putting the right head coach in place. Yeah, yeah. It affects everything. And, uh, you know, I mean, this, this topic is fascinating to me, Jake, because – what what is it that certain guys have that other guys don't? I mean, there are a lot of guys who are very knowledgeable football people who do not do well as head coaches. I think so why, why and, is that? I think leadership and charisma are a big thing. Um, 
Well, you got to have the knowledge. You got to have the, and you got to be a people person. You got to be able to work with people. And not that Bill Belichick would be considered a great people person, but the people that we have talked to who are closer to him say, no, he, he is. And so uh, you got to be able to motivate guys. Uh, and and what what else? Uh, you got to be organized. You got to be uh, have an attention to detail. But personality wise, you don't have to be the same. I mean, look at the difference between an Urban Meyer and a Lavelle Edwards. You know, I mean, yeah, there, there's more than one way to do it. But just because you're good at the clarinet doesn't mean you're going to be a good conductor. And it well, yeah. it, you just know, ask Christian Cox. Exactly, our favorite clarinet player, <laughs> Christian Cox. Uh, it, well, particularly in college, Gordon, the difference, uh, the the job difference between a coordinator and a head coach is so vast because as a head coach, you're essentially a politician, right? I mean. You, you have to, uh, you know, uh, fundraise and please boosters and deal with the media and do all these other things that aren't drawing up game plans. But and you does, have Nick, to, does, does Nick Saban strike you as the type that would be really good in that regard? He, well, I mean, what do you mean by really good? I think he is really good at all those things. You think so? I, I don't know. What, what is he not good at out of all those things? Oh, I just, you know, I don't know. Does he seem like a fundraiser kind of guy to you? Well, there's more than one way to do things. Just because he's got kind of a prickly personality doesn't mean that Alabama isn't raking in the dough hand over fist. Right. Well, yeah, I I know, but that might be the case regardless of who the coach was. You think if Nick Saban walks into a banquet, you know, uh, full of boosters and goes, hey, I want you all to get your wallets out right now. You don't think everyone in that room's doing yeah, that? Yeah, because he wins. But he commands that kind of, and winning's part of it. I, I'm not disc- discounting that by any means. But, you know, the the reputation comes with a certain gravitas. That uh, I guess. But, but think about how miserably he failed in the NFL. Speaking of the Dolphins. Well, he didn't automatically have all the best players in the NFL, Gordon. How long has it been that Alabama's been doing that? Since uh, your boy Bear Bryant was there. No, they've had some downtime. So. Yeah, when they, they've hired a, a, the Shula's kid who was just a buffoon. <laughs> I mean, you get somebody with half a brain into those situations and they're, and they're going to have a lot of success. I mean, it's, it's really... You the, don't it, think Don's kid was really up to the task there, Bama? No, I don't. And it's the thing with USC. It's like, you you know, a similar situation where you've got to just get just somebody with half a brain in that position and they should win a ton of ball games. I mean, they've got all these built-in advantages that make it, you know, we think Nick Saban is so brilliant. He's just got it figured out at the right place. But but how does Alabama have it be- have it more figured out than Florida does? What does Alabama have that Florida doesn't? I think Florida is one of those schools that that you should I, be I, able to win every year. I, right, I agree yeah, with right. you. But I mean, but they haven't like Alabama. Well, they haven't had the right guy. I mean, Will Muschamp has proven twice now that he's not a very good head coach. <laughs> yeah. And who was the who was the 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 shark obsessed guy that they hired from Colorado State? Obviously, that dude didn't know what he was doing. McIntyre. Uh, no. no, he. Uh, oh God, what was the guy's name? You know who uh, had the compromising shark Jim picture? Jim McElwain. McElwain. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Jim. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't know. Wait, that wasn't him, though? Jake. That wasn't him. Oh, it certainly looked a lot like him. And it wasn't Chad Bunn. <laughs> Chad Bunn where did, he, did where not did take the, a compromising where, photo Where did McElwain end up? Uh, Prison? 
I'm guessing. Long Park. What's the <laughs> what's that famous prison down sing, in, sing. in Florida? <laughs> oh yeah. Glades. That's what it's called. There's Glades. a prison called the Glades. It's called Glades Correctional Facility. I think Ooh. it's outside of Miami. It's in a bunch of really good Elmore Leonard books. He's currently the head coach at Central Michigan. Kevin yeah, yeah, the Chippewa, Chippewa, Kevin's school. The Chippewa uh, head coach. How about that? That's he, right. He looks I, like I, a guy that would lay down naked on top of a shark. I, I checked out. Uh, I checked out uh, that uh, Central Michigan game the other day, I'm and sorry. Uh, they were <laughs> they were getting beat. Didn't they get and crushed? He, he had a good. He had a good. He had a good season last year. This year, not not as good. But. No, and and he was pretty good at Colorado State. I mean, it, it's interesting to see what you consider when you're going for a, for a head coach because what works somewhere won't won't work another. You know, um, it's the reason if I'm the Aggies, I really consider hiring somebody local because uh, you know, football in Utah can be a little bit unique. I'd really consider Jay Hill because he he could bring a plan that's already worked up to my university, worked here, you know, in this, not market per se, because uh, they're a little different, but here in this state. That would be very, you know, just because what Jim McElwain did at Colorado State on the other side of the country, is that going to necessarily work in Florida? But then we've seen, like, you know, Bronco go to UVA and have success. I mean, that job is nothing like the job at BYU. So, okay, let me ask you this. You have interviewed every coach in the Pac-12. I have. Based on your conversations with said coaches, who, you know, absent of uh, knowledge of how it's what working on the inside and all that, but just from a personality, a presence, an aura standpoint, who would you guess would be having the most success? <laughs> that's an inter- that's an interesting question because uh, it, it, there's oftentimes very little genuine about those. Uh, <laughs> Media day interviews. Um, David Shaw. What did you? Though, well, okay, is let probably me ask the you name this. that jumps to my mind. Who? David Shaw. Oh, okay. I mean, right. just, I he, he just he uh, just he's got this personality that really yeah. is like a a quiet confidence that right. You know, he's, uh-huh. he's somebody that you would like trust to. You know, I don't know. Here, hold my wallet. <laughs> but, what was your over? What was your overall takeaway of the uh, the bearing? Of of uh, of Coach Peterson up at Washington when he was there. Oh, really good. I that that could easily be uh, another answer. I mean, he's just okay. he just really um, comes off as smart. And again, we're we're just judging this on like ten minute interviews, you know. So so who knows? It could be a, a serial killer in their personal life. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but Coach Pete yeah, has that aura too that you you could see why he is a successful head coach. And then there are some coaches that that don't necessarily have that. Um, but again, what can you take? What can you take from an interview, right? Chip Kelly's yeah, the don't. Chip Kelly's the funny one because when Chip Kelly was having success at Oregon, he really treated everybody like garbage. And then last year at Media Day, Chip Kelly sits down with him. It's like, oh, guys, hey, that's good to see you, man. Just so excited <laughs> to be here sitting in front of you. And, boy, just thank you for sharing your airwaves with little old me. It's just kind of funny. Like, oh, so you haven't had a lot of success at, U- U- at UCLA? Joining us now, the uh, head <laughs> hey, coach of the UCLA Bruins, the one and only Chip Kelly with us on the Zone Sports Network. Coach, uh, good afternoon. How are you doing? How did I'm you doing find fantastic. That How are so you? Fa- fantastic. How I'm doing are you? fantastic. How are you? I'm just doing great. So I'm doing fantastic. How are you? <laughs> it's even worse than I remember. I'm doing it. fantastic. How are you? <laughs> 
He was matching your energy. He was. I'm doing fantastic. How are you? He was matching my energy. Everything was fantastic. But Michelle, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? <laughs> but when he's in Oregon, he, he sits down and he's like, you're going to get 37 seconds of my time. No more, no less. And you're not calling me Chip. You're not calling me Kelly. You're calling me C-Kel. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's a callback. Oh, man. Uh, I was really impressed with Jonathan Smith, I'll tell you that, the head coach at Oregon State. And I yeah. think he's doing a good job. Yeah. Sure seems to be. Chip yeah, Kelly agrees. Doing fantastic. <laughs> doing fantastic. So great to be here. Doing fantastic. Yeah, how, how, how would you rate uh, Kyle Whittingham? Doing fantastic. How are you know what Coach uh, Whittingham is? He is the absolute model of consistency. You're getting the you're getting the same dude every time. I mean, and it, actually, he's surprising. Okay. <laughs> he's surprisingly more relaxed in that media day, kind of like when he broke the headset. I mean, that was pretty funny. He's just manhandling the headset. Breaks it. We had a brand new one last year. Uh, Kyle Whittingham to me is the kind of guy. If he said something to you, it'd be he'd be easy to believe. Like what? I don't know. Just just his overall uh, manner. You know, it seems like when he when he, he's a straight straight shooter, he he tells it the way it is. What if he told you, you big feet exist? No, I I, I I agree. I think so, for the most part. As much as a coach can be. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got to be a little dishonest to coach college athletics. <laughs> no. I think there's got to be a little dishonesty in there somewhere. What about Tim Lacombe says dishonesty to you? Uh, true. Tim is a is a, a straight shooter. <laughs> Nothing but integrity with that. That's guy. why he so got I, out. I stand corrected. Yeah, that's why he got out. <laughs> I got to stop lying. I got to get out. Oh, man, I just feel terrible about myself. Ooh, Tim, would you time. like to be the head coach? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm way too honest for that, man. <laughs> I like to sleep at night. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like my family. <laughs> Oh, I don't know how we got on that topic, but I'm glad we did. You All and right. Chip Kelly, oh, your best right. friend. All right, we'll have uh, we'll have more Fantastic. coming up next. Stay tuned. Um, there's an uh, update to the James Harden saga. We can get to that. Oh, and, and, and part of this story still makes no sense to me. We'll get to that coming up next. Stay tuned. <laughs> 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? This is DJ and PK. Time now to welcome in Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver. Do you think that Zach Wilson comes back or goes to the NFL after this season? I think you have to go to the NFL. Not in terms of the risk that the senior year brings, more so you're about to get paid. And as much as you love BYU and are grateful for BYU, the entire reason you play college football is to go play in the NFL. So I think you have to go. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. by Big Country uh, requested by several listeners uh, in fact uh, theme song or uh, Total Request Tuesday Austin's theme is big songs 
in honor of uh, Gordon's big television that he tweeted out a picture of yesterday. Which big isn't really a big enough descriptive word for that television, Gordo. That's like a, a projector screen in, in your front room there. Okay, aside from me making fun of how big my TV is, what do you think of, of the fire, of, of the, the fire in the fireplace and the fire on the on the TV? No, it, it looked pretentious. Like, yeah. It looked like a bonfire on that big TV. Pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the point. The point was to demonstrate. Oh, that, that could be an incriminating audio. I am very pretentious. <laughs> oh, that might be... That might be a good one. I've come up with several good ideas for you, you Gordon. You, uh, you're you're on a roll today, Jake. And, and I, I wish I could read all these to our listeners, but I probably shouldn't. I've been just texting Austin and Monson uh, or and Gordon random uh, ideas for incriminating audio all show long. <laughs> you know, you've got a real talent for this, uh, Jake. You haven't really demonstrated that in the past. Some of yours have been pretty lame, but these are good. Some of mine have been pretty lame. Okay. Not that I would want to actually have to say any of them. Like what? Uh, this one was pretty good. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. That, that one was not mine, a listener. Yeah. That was a listener. I like yeah. this one. I love L.A. That one was me. I like this one. I like wearing socks with sandals. That one was also me. I like this one. Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. I think that one was Austin. It was. Yeah. Uh, this We've one. heard this story a hundred times. Let's move on. I think that one was also yours, Austin. I think so. Yeah. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. <laughs> you guys are just mean. The Beatles are worse than Limp Biscuit. The Beatles are worse than Millie Vanilli. The Beatles were worse than the Monkees. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history. I think Greg Ostertag should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. You've really recorded a lot of these. <laughs> I've that's, lost a lot of bets. That's 11. That's a lot, that's a we're lot about of to get a dozen today. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Boy, that segment was a bad idea. Jake, I've only got seven for you. Nice, nice. You only have one for me. The nipple piercing? Nipple, I have pierced nipples. Which is pretty funny. And true. And true. <laughs> Austin's made some interesting lifestyle choices lately. <laughs> it's going a yeah, different direction. I, yeah, Trying something second, new. We knew about the first piercing, but what about the second one, Austin? What You mean the second nipple? No, you said you were getting a, a second piercing. You did? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have said that because it makes, let's see, that would make it five piercings if I got another one. So. <laughs> I think you should get a like a like throwback to the caveman days, like a, a real life nose bone. You know, like you know what I'm <laughs> right through about? like the bone that goes through the middle. So, but they did they do it up here by the eyes originally? No, it was, I think it was down. Uh, I thought it was up here through the 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 sinus area. Yeah, but of, why would you do that? Won't that interrupt with the you know the functionality of the nose? I don't know. I'm not a nose doctor. I mean, there's a small price to pay to look that cool. <laughs> you going to mess with a guy with a nose bone? Certainly not. <laughs> he can park wherever he wants. All right, real quick. quite the conversation piece, wouldn't it? Real quick here, uh, let's talk a little NBA for a second, Gordon. New detail coming out about uh, the James Harden situation. Actually, several new details. His mom came out and defended him online on social media, which, which you know, oh, all, always a good thing. Hey, uh, that's what moms do, man. Good Just ask Trey Burke. <laughs> True. Uh, but now the report is today that uh, James would also be open to a trade to the 76ers, which makes me laugh because his opinion on where he's getting traded means very little in this circumstance. <laughs> so I don't know why it keeps making national news like he'd be open to a trade to Philly. Well, it's not really up to him. 
and he's under contract for two more years. So he's going to go wherever they move him. Well, why do they keep saying that then? Well, why did uh, why did uh, that story surface about well Harden actually preferred John Wall even though he was never going to show up in the first place? I mean, why is that a story? Uh, again, it's because it's James trying to save face. You can't you can't uh, leave me. I leave you. See, this this is just a mess. Huge mess. Did you see oh. PJ Tucker's comments to the media today? He, he honestly he looked like uh, his dog Gus passed away this morning. <laughs> What he say? What he say? He's like, oh man, I've had a rough morning. He just—he was talking about how I—I'm only here uh, to talk about PJ Tucker, and he said that a couple of times. <laughs> he did not <laughs> yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, he, I'm gonna use that. He basically said he's like uh, the whole team's different. I mean, he was basically like, he I don't said, know. I'm only here to talk about PJ Tucker. Uh huh. <laughs> Let's get back to my favorite subject. Me. I play for the Houston P.J. Tuckers. No, okay, I'll defend him a little bit on this because all he was getting asked was James Harden questions. Yeah, that would annoy me, too. Like, do I look like James Harden? Nope. So why Say are you- that. That's better than I'm here to talk about third-person P.J. Tucker. True. Third-person's always weird. Yeah, what's going okay, on in, okay. in Houston is a, a, a complete so, disaster. Uh, okay, so how in the world is this going to be solved? I think they have to move them. I really do. Yeah. It's just for to Seattle. How, for how much? But I, I'm not. Oh, you mean Harden, not the team? <laughs> I, I'm certainly not uh, only talking to the Sixers and the and the Nets because that's where he'd prefer to go. It seems stupid. Yeah, call up Charlotte. Oh, call up anywhere. Call up Sacramento. To, you know what? I, yeah. Teams, plenty of teams out there should be willing to trade for James Harden with two years left on his deal. I mean, oh, sure. Gosh. You shouldn't, you know, if if he's going Detroit, in, hello. If he's going into a free agent season, all right. I, I would get why you have to check with him to see if he's going to re-sign before you move him. But two years, I mean, how many teams out there would, would trade a significant piece for two years of James Harden at minimum? Plenty. There's only one reason not to do that, Jake. And ordinarily you would look at the franchise and, okay, ship this guy wherever it suits you best. Right. I agree. Right. Except, I wonder the reputation that is earned by by a, a franchise as it pertains to star players. I wonder if word like that gets around, and then people look at the franchise, and it, it may affect a free agent who might want to come play for you, but but maybe not. I'm not worried about that. Do you really no. think it would affect you landing a free agent in the future if uh, you traded James Harden where best suited you? I don't, think I don't so. know. These guys all talk. I don't. I don't know whether. I, who knows? Who knows? I, I. I don't. But I do know that that is a mess down there, and I don't know how you're going to effectively put a team together when one guy is thinking the way Harden is now. Because he's already seen as his teammates as being a selfish guy, I think I think we can establish that. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think they could send him back into that locker room if they wanted to. I mean, I, I would guess Houston would love to smooth over the relationship and take the next two years to try and convince him to stay. But I mean, you can't. At, at what, you know, where do you draw the line? Because at very least, this guy's making the franchise look bad. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're going to drag this out all year long and the next year? It's it's untenable. You can't do it. Well, at very least, based on his recent behavior, you're, you'd be fining him all year long for violating COVID policies. 
I I feel for Houston from this standpoint. You work to get a player like that, and uh, and they don't come around that often. I know he's got some extra baggage as far as the way he plays the game and the way he dominates the ball and all that sort of thing. But my goodness, when you have a great player who is putting us up a stink like this, you can't you can't compete. You can't do it. No, They've I, got to. I agree with you completely. They've got to move him now. Yep, it's over. Probably a difficult realization to come to when you're an NBA franchise, but I think especially one like the Rockets. But but really, they it's time for them to uh, reestablish themselves in a different direction. Yep. Want to remind you, a clean home is a festive home, and Zero Res has a deal for you: thirty three dollars. Per room of carpet cleaned, schedule three rooms, and they're going to throw in the fourth for free. Give them a call today, 801-288-9376. Not Sports Report next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. goes out to Matt on a Total Request Tuesday. Big songs. Songs that are big in the lyrics. This one's about fire, but, you know, close enough. Maybe it says big in the songs. Yeah, maybe it does. I'm sure it does. All right, it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? I got two things today, and I'll start with this one. And you're not going to like it, but I don't know what to tell you. Uh, first of all, uh, a fellow by the name of, it's H-A-I-M. Is that Haim? Sure. Haim Eshed. Uh, and let me give you some background on him first. First, he holds a bachelor's degree in electronics engineering. He has a master's degree in performance research and a doctorate in aeronautical engineering. Okay. He is the former head of the... Israeli space program. And he did an interview recently, and this is what he said. Okay. He said. I'm going to punch Dave Slama Lofton right in the mouth. And I quote The UFOs have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Trump was on the verge of revealing, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, wait. Let people calm down first. They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understanding. They have been waiting for humanity to evolve and reach a stage where we will generally understand what space and spaceships are. There's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. They, too, are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe and they want us as helpers. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars where their representatives are and also our American astronauts. If I had come up with what I'm saying today five years ago, I would have been hospitalized. Wherever I've gone with this in academia, they've said the man has lost his mind. Today, they're already talking differently. 
I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I am respected in universities abroad where the trend is also changing. So, you know, I mean, sometimes I joke about this with you guys and you say, okay, where's this coming from? Well, this is coming from a guy with quite the credentials. And he says the aliens are already here. You know, I'll, I'll agree with him uh, about something, Gordon. That, he should be hospitalized. <laughs> he should be I- I- institutionalized. He should be locked away. Did he? Uh, I'm sorry. Did he say they're already meeting under the surface of Mars? Okay. And you're waving this around like, see, I was right all along. Okay. <laughs> well, Good evidence. I mean, Good evidence, Gordon. Well, this guy's a professor. He's 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 got all these degrees. He's he was the head of Israel's space program, Jake. Good for him. He duped a lot of folks. Austin, does this concern you at all? It concerns me that you are believing it. Yes. Yeah, that you're like, see, guys, I, no, no, it's I didn't real. Say, I didn't say it's real. I'm just saying that uh, more and more voices are coming coming out saying something's going on. I don't know. I think this is less of a study on aliens and more of a study on the effects of aging to the brain. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think CTE ought to be explored. Right. Here. I think this guy was doing a little too much LSD back in the '60s. I, I just, I just wonder. One of these days, something weird's going to happen, and you're going to say, oh, "Should have listened." They're already living and meeting the what are the the galactic what <laughs> under the surface of the of, of Mars? They've galactic got it, Federation. They've got it all hollowed out. And uh, you know, do they uh, do they use Robert's rules of order in the, in the Galactic Federation meeting under the surface of Mars? Hey, man, I'm just reporting what's in the, what he what he said. Does and, the Geneva you know, Convention apply there in Mars? I don't know. I don't know. But and I'm not saying I believe this. I'm just saying that that you don't not believe it. Well, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of all this. You I just am. Saying, like, look at this man's credentials. A mystery solved. <laughs> if a professor says it, well, is this uh, uh, this guy huffing ether while he was giving this? Uh, <laughs> there were professors to... at the U that claimed they had cold fusion nailed down. Remember all that whole thing? Did this guy uh, go on to talk about the benefits of uh, sniffing gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, there was no mention of that in the report. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then the last thing is a serious item. Here, uh, there are things that you remember in the past, and there are things that uh, you, you you don't just fade from your from your memory. But uh, 40 years ago tonight on Monday Night Football, Howard Cosell announced to the world that John Lennon had been assassinated. 40 years ago tonight. I saw That's, that uh, that video circulating around today. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, you guys weren't around for that, really, uh, but uh, I, uh, it was it was a big, big deal. And uh, 40 years, wow. So anyway, just wanted to uh, send out a positive vibe in the universe to John Lennon. All right, coming up next, the great Craig Bowlerjack joins us. Uh, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Coastal Carolina was like, screw it, we're not passing. I don't care if we pass a single ball, I don't care. We're going to go out there, we're going to pound these guys. We're going to beat them up. We're going to keep the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands. And they did it. 
San Diego State's looking this probably drooling. Like, oh, now we know these guys don't like to be punched. They don't like to get their jerseys dirty. They don't like physicality and abrasiveness and ugly moments. Instead, they look for the officials to throw a flag and and try to do it for them. They look for their moms to yell from the sideline, don't treat my boy that way. So if I'm San Diego State, I'm like, all right, let's make this a street fight. Let's make it ugly. Let's muddy it up. That's how I'd look at it because I don't want to go and finesse with these guys because they'll score 58 on you. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.